Dear Father, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you for your kindness and goodness to us, that you would speak to us in a way that we can understand. Father, we pray that we would understand this morning and that our hearts would be soft and ready to hear your word. We pray that your Holy Spirit would work in us, it would change us, and that we would serve you. Amen. Well, we're talking about uh, change this morning, changed lives. And have you ever heard of of a piece of news that changed your life? Have you ever heard a piece of news that made you change direction? Or a piece of news that that filled you with a new and changed hope for the future. Well, it was uh, August last year when my wife Catherine um, walked into our kitchen in Newtown and uttered these words. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Now, that's a piece of news that's going to change your life, isn't it? It'll change, change your decisions, and it changed our decisions. It, it, it changed, changed our behaviour, it changed uh, what we were looking forward to in the future. So, for example, it changed the decisions that we made. When we thought about moving from Newtown to Chatswood at the beginning of this year, we were looking for a, a unit that would hold three people instead of just two. Well, in fact, three people and a whole lot of extra stuff as well. Uh, our decisions changed. Uh, our behaviour changed. We stopped eating soft cheese and enjoying nice cold meat and fine wine. Well, Catherine stopped eating those things. Uh, and, and what we look forward to in the future changed, what we were hoping in. Uh, you know, our, our diary had this, this date in it, the due date, and we were counting down to that, always looking ahead. And we knew that we only had limited time to do the most important things before the baby came, like deciding which cover the, the pram should have, what colour it should be. <laughs> the important things, as I said... Um, you know, this news, it changed us for the next nine months it, 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 and, and beyond, of course. Just that simple message, two words, I'm pregnant. We get, we get news all the time, don't we? And it's not all life-changing. I think most of the time the news that we get is more like this Woolworths catalogue. You know, we get news like this all the time in the mailbox. And there's, there is news in here, right? Like... You know, oh, Tim Tams are on special. And, um, wow, 25% off Milo. What am I doing here? Um, it's not exactly life-changing news, is it? It's junk mail. That's why we call it junk mail. Most news that we get doesn't change our life now or, or our hopes for the future. But have you, have you ever heard a piece of news that did change your life? Let me ask you this morning... Is the news about Jesus like that for you? Has the gospel changed your life? Has it been more like finding out a baby is on the way than than getting junk mail in the letterbox? Today, as we start looking at Thessalonians together, we'll see how they treated God's news. And we'll see if that news changed them. So you'll need your Bibles open to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. As you're turning there, uh, let's review a bit of the background, what's happened for Paul. Paul Paul's, he, he's sitting down and writing this letter to this church in Thessalonica in Greece. And Paul had just visited them a few weeks earlier. Well, he, he arrived in their town and he did what he normally does. He got into their synagogue and started preaching, Jesus is the Messiah that you're waiting for. He did that for 
three weeks or so, and lots of Jewish people got saved, but also a lot of uh, Greek men and women. And so this visit of Paul uh, to Thessalonica was like lighting a spark in that town. Things changed. There were people uh, walking out of pagan temples and, and towards God. And the Jewish people suddenly thought they had found their Messiah. But not everyone was happy about it. The, the, the rest of the Jews in the synagogue weren't having any of it. I mean, who was this Paul anyway with his new message about Jesus? So they, they were jealous of Paul. They got together and they raised a mob and ran Paul out of town. So Paul had to leave Thessalonica after only a few weeks with them. He and his, his fellow workers, Timothy and Silas, they went on to the next town called Berea. But the Jews weren't done with him. They, they followed him to the next town, specifically to kick him out of that town as well. So Paul, as he sits down to write, he's left the Thessalonians behind. And understandably, he's worried about them. You know, he only had a few weeks with them, not much time to to make sure that they're strong in their faith, that they've built up. He might be asking questions like, has the gospel really taken root for the Thessalonians? Has it changed them? Will they be able to stand up under pressure? Paul Paul has kept moving on on his missionary journeys. He's, He's on towards Corinth. But he sends Timothy back to the Thessalonians to check up on them, to find out how that young church is going. So as we start to read this letter now, we'll see what Paul has heard back about the Thessalonians. And to his great relief, I'm sure, it's good news about them. It's good news. When you read 1 Thessalonians straight away, you see how thankful and joyful Paul is. When Paul prays, the Thessalonians keep jumping to his lips He's always praying for them. And he's always praying these prayers of joy and thanksgiving. Paul never stops thanking God for the Thessalonians. Let's read it here in the first few verses, in verses 1 and 2 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. and The reason Paul is so thankful for the Thessalonians is that he sees signs of change in them. The gospel has grown deep roots in the Thessalonians and when you've got those deep roots, you get good fruit produced. Paul gives thanks for three types of fruit in the Thessalonians. Their, their faith, their love and their hope. Faith, love and hope. And these are three strong signs that the gospel has taken root in the Thessalonians and it's doing something. Their faith and their love and their hope, they can be seen. They're productive. These are qualities that aren't kept hidden on the inside. You know, we sometimes talk about having a private faith. The Thessalonians didn't have a private faith. They didn't keep their beliefs to themselves. Paul says it's obvious that the gospel has changed them. Firstly, their their faith, it's an active trust. Their faith produces good works. The Thessalonians trust God, so they make decisions for him and away from sin. They say, I trust God, so I'm going to live the good way he's asked me to live. Secondly, uh, their, their faith, sorry, their love for God, 
Their love for God and for his people came out in blood, sweat and tears. Right? Their love did something. It didn't just move their hearts, it, it moved their hands as well to action. Because they loved, they, they laboured and toiled for the good of others. That's faith and love. And the third one was hope. The Thessalonians' hope, it kept them going on and on and on, never giving up on Jesus. Even though they were persecuted, they had this hope in Jesus that he was Lord over that and that he was going to return. It kept them going. So faith, love and hope, these three obvious outward signs that Paul can see them. And they prove that the gospel has changed the Thessalonians. And so these are the reasons that Paul is thankful. Have a look there in verse 3. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not just the, um, the visible evidence that convinces Paul of the change in the Thessalonians. It's not just the outward signs, it's, it's the things that God has done to them on the inside. Paul says that he knows that God has chosen the Thessalonians to be his people. God has chosen them. How does Paul know that? He says he knows it. Well, Paul casts his mind back to those few weeks when he was with them, and he was bringing the gospel to them. See, Paul, Paul came with this message, this, this set of words about Jesus. But it wasn't just all talk when Paul came. He wasn't just getting up and giving a, an interesting lecture. He wasn't just making a political speech. Paul didn't just come with words. He came with action. And it was the Holy Spirit's action. The Thessalonians didn't just hear how to be saved they got saved didn't they the Holy Spirit saved them Paul spoke and God worked in them the Holy Spirit powerfully convicted the Thessalonians of the truth and so the Holy Spirit went to work on them doing this heart surgery removing their 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 hearts of stone and giving them living hearts of flesh instead hearts that could respond to God so this change in the Thessalonians, it starts with God's actions on them. God changes them. Look again at verses 4 and 5. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. So, as the Holy Spirit did his work, the Thessalonians changed. They, they imitated Paul, who was imitating Jesus. They accepted the gospel message from Paul. Even when those Jewish people got jealous and, and started persecuting them, they didn't give up on this message. They listened and they accepted it. And they did that with joy, even despite the hardship, the persecution. Look at verses 5 and 6 uh, from the second half of verse 5. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. 
as we read, we can see that Paul is, is bursting with confidence when he talks about the Thessalonians, having heard how they're going. He's seen the signs that the gospel has truly taken root in them. And he's full of thanks for that. But Paul wasn't the only one who had heard about the Thessalonians. People all over Greece had heard about this big change in them. And these, these people who heard, lots of them, they didn't just hear, they, they imitated too. They were changed too. It's like the gospel, um, it caused an earthquake with the, the centre at Thessalonica. And the shockwaves ring out from Thessalonica and they speed across the land and they hit other cities as well. The Macedonia and all across Achaia. And it just keeps spreading. So the news about them gets to Athens and Corinth and even Rome. So when the gospel takes root in a city, it doesn't just stop there, it, it spreads. It's like when the gospel takes root in, a, in an individual, in you or me. It doesn't just stop with us. It spreads. Have a look again at the spread in uh, verses 7 and 8 here. Verse 7. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. So there's this chain of imitation. But really, what's, what's the big fuss about this change in the Thessalonians? What's, what's the big deal? People kind of, they change religion all the time, it seems. What's, what's so different? Well, the change in the Thessalonians is different. It's, it's revolutionary. They've, they've turned. They've changed direction. But not just in a small way. They haven't changed course slightly. Or like if you're driving, they haven't done a lane change. It's like they've put on the brakes and they've done a U-turn. It's the biggest change they could have done. See, they've turned away from idols and they've turned to God. They've rejected dead and false gods and they've turned to the exact opposite, the living and true God. They've rejected idols who have no power and promise for the God who has all the power and can fulfill every promise. It's a U-turn. It meant for them turning their back on their culture or lots of parts of their culture, their family, their friends even. They've turned now to serve God above all else, 100%. They're shaped by what he wants. They follow his words, not their own desires. And so for that, from that point, their decisions would change, wouldn't they? Their behaviour would change. What they looked forward to in the future changes. The Thessalonians now live with, with no hope here on earth because all their hope is invested in Jesus and his return. It's a revolution, the Thessalonian revolution. They've turned away from their own pagan culture. They've turned away from serving other gods. They've turned away from serving their own desires and hoping in the world. And they've turned 
towards the true and living God. They've turned to serve him. They've turned to wait in hope of Jesus' return. It's a true change. It's a famous change. Everyone is talking about it. Look there in verses 9 and 10. I'll start reading from the end of verse 8. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Well, that's our passage this morning. We've seen Paul, uh, how thankful Paul is. He gives thanks for the Thessalonians, thanks for all these signs that he sees of the, the, the gospel taking root in them. They have faith and love.